Welcome to this week's episode of the Record Report Podcast. My name is Ahmad. And I'm Vance B. And this week, we had a great time revisiting the blog air and all of its gems with ASAP Rockies. Live, love, ASAP. Let's go. I be that pretty motherfucker. Harlem's what I'm rapping. Tell my niggas switch the bitch and we gon' make it in a second. Never disrespected. Plus, I'm well connected with this coke that I imported. Just important as your president. Swagger so impressive. And I don't need a necklace, but these bitches get impressed when you pull up in that seven. I'm sixes, I'm beans. I get skits the fresh years. Rav Simmons, Rick Owens, usually what I'm dressed in. Blowing blunts, rolling doobies up, smoking section. Groupies rush, hold boobies up in my direction. Quit with all the front, and you ain't run my click for nothing. Cause our presence is a a present just to kick it is a blessing. This is a way to go. This is a way to go. Cause every day we gotta pay some. This is a way to go. This is a way to go. Cause every day we gotta pay some. Gun crack, gun shot, gonna lick a boy. Gun crack, gun shot, gonna lick a boy. Gun crack, gun shot. The reason why I'm happy that this mixtape is out at the same time is because it's like, you know, before people were indecisive, if they liked me or not, you know, they didn't know. It's because they only had purple swag and pesos to judge off of. So now that you got the mixtape, you get a glimpse of like what, what what angle I'm coming from and what my personality is like. So it's just like now you can really say I fucks with this nigga or I don't. You know what I mean? That's what I like about it now because when I was making purple swag and everything, it was on some shit like I'm doing this because this is what I do on the regular. You know what I mean? Like I'm keeping it trail with you. That's what we do. You know what I mean? Shout out. Swag, swag, swag. Purple swag, purple swag. I'm in the zone. I'm getting though. That purple swag, purple swag. That purple smoke up in my clothes. That big booty, juicy fruity, yellow bone. I want a bone. I'm getting done. I took out dick in the mouth. She getting on. I'm flexing still, flexing still. I'm sitting high. I'm tipping slow. I'm texting trail, texting trail. But in and wild, we spit it slow. Welcome back. Live Love ASAP was released digitally download October 31st, 2011. Um, this was ASAP Rocky's first uh, project uh, released to, as I said earlier, all of the blogs and websites. It did receive some a lot of radio play, especially in New York Hot 97 area, which expanded to uh, nationwide with his biggest singles being Peso and uh, Purple Swag. With a lot of production by ASAP Todd Beats, Clams Casino, DJ Burn One, uh, the Olympics, Space Ghost Pork, and more, with his probably most notable feature probably being uh, Schoolboy Q and Space Ghost Pork. Um, what do you, before we get to it, what's with some of your revisiting the album? How'd you feel about it? What you think about it? 
So this album, I've always took a rewind with um, whenever like I always hear of the name or I kind of see A$AP Rocky. I think when it comes to looking at his career now, it's completely different from where we originally found, like how we originally found him and where, you know, he was going to go. Like he was like one of the biggest artists to kind of make their name and like the, 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 the heat of the Dat Piff era. And he was the one of the stars to actually climb for that because he had a different sound. So like when it first came out, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little skeptical at first because I was like, he, okay, he from New York, but he got like a Southern. All right, we'll see. All right, Peso was good because my man Jay, shout out to you, Jay. Um, he, he got me hip to it. And I was like, okay, Peso's good. But I was like, let's really see how, how good his album, his actual project is gonna be. And God damn it, he he did not disappoint. Now, this was back in 2011. As time moved on, I would take trips back through to this album because it was just, it was so good. And I was able to kind of see how, you know, it was able to kind of hold itself through the 2010s. And as I continue to come back, um, I'm not disappointed <laughs> at all. Like this album continues to kind of, you know, get old as a fine wine. Now, I will say, with the culture that ASAP has had recently, as well as the lyrics that are, some of the lyrics that are on this project, I think that those haven't really dated well. Some of the things that were being said probably won't be, you know, as uh, uh, appreciated now. But at the same time, I felt like this was a monumental project in um, the Dat Piff era, as well as a monumental project in hip hop history, especially in the 2010s, because around that early time, they were, you know, we were still kind of developing who's the who outside of the people that were already, you know, popular and, you know, cool with the mainstream culture. When it came to the underground, you know, people were still trying to figure out who's that dominant person, even with the, you know, the double XL freshman, you did have these different, you know, people coming from these different areas but ASAP was able to bring a completely different sound to New York and be able to blend both that and the fashion in it. And you kind of see that with, with this project here. I also think that going back to it now, a lot of the lyrics that he said on it, um, you can kind of like, you can kind of do your research when it comes to like things that he, you know, he's been across throughout his career and it, it makes the music much more, much more impactful. So yeah, yeah. This was this was like listening to it to analyze the project made me realize things a lot differently compared to when I'm just jamming that shit. And I both appreciate it, but then it also kind of shows you some of the demons that ASAP is dealing with to this day. So yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, this, this was a great project. This was a great project for sure. Yeah, and I, I look forward to um, just going through it and just reliving some of them feelings. Uh, I think I picked this one, so I get to start it off. One of my favorite songs uh, for a number of reasons was Kiss and Pink. Oh. Yeah, Kiss and Pink was hard. Um, and let me start off. <laughs> one of the reasons that uh, I remember when uh, Purple Swag came out. That was the big joint. 
it was like his first big on the court, like a lot of blogs and like it was online with Tumblr and people was talking about it. That was like the summertime. Cause I remember um, he was, he built buzz up over that summertime. So he was putting like certain videos in like July, August, September, I think. Mm-hmm. I remember it was a piece on Purple Swag. Purple Swag was first. And that's why they had part two on the album because part one was already like out there and was like circling on the internet. Mm-hmm. Boom, with all that. And one of the reasons he caught a lot of slack was people were saying he was not a traditional New York rapper. He didn't have the 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 usual rhyme patterns or uh, flow or lyrical dexterity you expect from a New Yorker that are got boom. Just want to lay it out there because I think when we just discuss this album, we're not discussing just simple lyrics. We're discussing the impact that this album brought to the game, uh, how he was able to like in the in a lot of ways be like a visionary for like his music and how he was able to mesh all of these different sounds that he was listening to over the time into this project. Um, and I think that, you know, like I said earlier, you know, I went to Houston when I was 12, 13, and I was big, big impact, but impacted by that. Hanging out with my cousins, you know, seeing certain stuff. That's my first time I seen the crazy stuff on the wheels. I wasn't used to seeing that crazy stuff. So seeing all that, like 12, 13, I was exposed to a different level of music and culture and stuff like that. So um, I'm thinking like, and then I will go down with stuff online by and hear new shit. And I think ASAP, because he's around our same age range. He's 32. We like in that early 30s, late 20s range. So I think he was in that same thing where he was, downloading stuff online on LimeWire in 04 when he was 14 and whatever, whatever, whatever. And like, you know, open his expansive music knowledge. So you might hear a flow with that sounds like a Bone Thugs flow on over top of a screw sample with a soulful background talking about stuff, but also like a, a Max B camera Harlem effect. And he was like a, a mesh of all of those different things I think it's one of the reasons why it was so great. But one of the reasons I like Kissing Pink, um, I love the sample, straight up. I love the sample. I love the inclusion of the, the screw sample. I can't remember what song it was. Yeah. Um, that, was, that song That song was out. I can't remember what song it was. It was definitely a screw sample. I remember I heard that song. Yeah. Um, and I like Ferg's verse. One thing I like about this album as well was like throughout the album, it was like he was branding himself not just as me it's like asap like all of us so he had 12 on it he had nast on it he had ferg on it he had Todd beats like production on it yeah so he was marketing and it's not just me and it was a group and i was thinking about like going to some of those shows it wasn't you wasn't just gone for asap rock you was going to see asap mob and see them go crazy at the shows and it was um and i'm thinking back at the blog era a lot of people weren't doing that it wasn't bringing like that wu-tang mob mentality to the like you had black hippie but they weren't like operating like that they were like a group of people who rap and made songs together asap yeah asap was more like wu-tang like we're moving we all part of the joint together we we mobbing i think only i think the best way to compare that is like our future when they first came out yeah and i think like 
ASAP and Our Future were on those same wavelengths, different crowd, different crowds, different music, of course, but the the way that they brought energy to the music and different levels of sound was like similar, just different sides. Um, I think Kiss and Pink brings it all together. Dope sample, hip hop sample, you know, that that flow that ASAP Rocky is known for. And I also always like Ferb's singing mellow mellow like this melody <laughs> verse on a joint that's my that was my that's my favorite one of my favorite songs off this album yeah yeah that's the that's actually the same for me as well this is my one of my favorite um this was actually the second one i chose on my top five um i do like the sample i do like the cloudy the cloudy beat that's being used um it's real spacey um uh, and it, it obviously sounds good in the car um also, the one of the reasons why I do like this song is actually because of Ferg's verse. And at first, I didn't think it was that because the song itself is just good. Aside Rocky's verse is just very. It, it, I'll say I'll I'll say that for like a little bit, you know, later as I continue. But like, like the way that Aside Rocky approaches this beat is very similar to other songs that he approached with his vocals and, and the way that he uses his voice to sing. But the way that verse comes in, he at the time we didn't really know much about Ferg. He we just knew, okay, all right, he's this guy, he's the he's another he's the other person on this song, but he just had a really spaced out galactic type of vibe when he did come on the song. And I just love the I just love like the short bars that he provided. Let's get no. Mm, wait a minute. Hey, and now I'm blowing hella smoke. Talking on my cell phone, and I got that purple on me. She's sipping on my styrofoam cup. Telling me she want a bone, but I ain't got no condoms on me. She claiming I'm a Pepsi. Cause I'm sipping big mo when I'm on that screw juice. She's sipping till it's empty. Purple on the mustache. Now it's time to screw you. Oh my god, that's. Like the way he just approached that beat, it just it, it kind of solidified the sound that they had throughout this entire album because it was like this this song was like in the middle of the whole entire project and it helped you carry on until the like the, the the lower half. And I just like the fact that like this was something that was able to continue the theme that was already there, but then also not only put on somebody new who's a part of the ASAP mob, but then also kind of carry you into the second half and still do it in a very entertaining and, and highly qualified way. Yeah, you chose a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of my ones, man. I really liked it. And I think it also showed like the difference of ASAP, um, like the different members. Like this ain't the same Ferg you hear in work, right? Yeah. Um, so I think like it also showed like their different levels and like the, like their different approaches to making songs, which is like really refreshing, you know. Um, the 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 thing I like about the the the, the screwed up sample and stuff like that, it goes, it fits the, it fits the the sound the album is going for throughout, right? But it doesn't overdo the sample. Like it's definitely heavily influenced, but it's one of those like it's in the middle. The song, like I think the song before it didn't have the Houston sample, so it kind of gives you a break of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I liked it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your uh, what's yours? <laughs> the first song on on my list is Brand New Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit. First of first of, first off, the way that beat just like dun dun. So I wish Jay was on here, man. I wish I wish we had Jay on here because he also plays lacrosse with me. Um, for for a lot of people that don't know, we both like play lacrosse. And um, I actually used the beat for this song for like this promotional video we did for the team, like my senior year that I did with Ryan. Shout out to Ryan again. But the beat, the beat alone is hard, and like it's it gets you, it gets you energized. Like you're just like duh, and then like you just hear this deep ass dark voice, and you're just like oh shit, and like the song is following up what's up. So it's like what's up was just like. It, it still had like that cloudy vibe that was carried on with, you know, peso and bass, but like, it was a little bit, it was a little bit more chill. And then all of a sudden you got brand new guys that come in and man, like he just like ASAP just, just came in with a hard ass verse. My camera's down to my boxer, gold teeth, a ring at night, like, oh, hold on, you know, you know, I gotta get the words right and shit. Let the key to speed, let the key to peace, that little beat, but it ain't a dang, like, and it's funny too, because this song has a, a, a rap flow that soon began to be popular as we continued the 2010s, which is very significant, but the the the, the way that both ASAP Rocky and Schoolboy Q went back and forth as well on this joint, and Schoolboy Q's verse Bruh, this is the reason this this verse is the reason why I like Schoolboy Q. This made me a fan of it because I heard Fig get the money. I was like, okay, all right, I like what you got. And I was listening to like his mixtape. But as soon as I heard this voice, I was like, yo, he's my favorite rapper. He bodied the shit out of this. And in some ways, I think he did a better job than ASAP Rocky. And then the fact that they both go back and forth at the end, we don't really see a lot of like rap songs that have like like two rappers kind of go back and forth and be able to, you know, catch a beat. But the way that they did it, you know that they had fun, fucking fun with this shit. And I love that so much about this song. Every time I listen to this, like, it's just, it kind of kicks another gear. Like, I, this is the type of song that you get ready for, like, a game or something like that. Like, you're getting ready to, like, do some athletic shit because you know you about to ball the fuck out. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brand new guys is, like, one of my... Slap the whole way to the clip, get lost. <laughs> Bitch, I'm a boss. Pulled up clean, don't you hear the exhaust? Got my tie on, gripping on my iron on. Who I'm about to fire on? Rap game fucked up, boy. Fuck you think I rap for? Crack game fucked up, boy. Fuck you think I trap for? Ride around with that mask on, like a Mac attack when that strap on, like a Shack attack on that backboard. Clap on, clap off. Blue pit in my backyard. Red nose, my bad broad. Titan full of that hydro. Pretty nigga, no catwalk. Big burn in your big mouth. Pussy nigga suck lead off. I pull it up, this skirt off. Vodka shots, he smeared off. 40 ounce of that crystal. Rose, that Rick Ross. Got it jumping like crisscross. Mitch matching, no jigsaw. No horse play when we quick draw. Pussy nigga, get a tip job. Uh, this is the best verse on the album by Schoolboy. Um, easy. Um, this isn't, there aren't a lot of lyrical, crazy parts of this album, so Schoolboy definitely had the top, the best verse. This was the same year that um, TDE started their ascension, 
the uh, the whole like blog stuff was taking off. More people was like checking the blog era and stuff like that. Like you had you had your successes. People was getting signed stuff like that. The TDE did. The schoolboy did drop setbacks that same year. Um, it was early in the year though, so like he was already on people's radar. But the fact that he came on here and had the best verse on the whole album was crazy. crazy. Um, I really like Brand New Guy. Um, it, it it's a, a high energy song. Um, and if you've ever been to an ASAP Rocky show, if you've been to like a live show in general that plays like those 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 great feelings, like that's one. Like every like when this joint came on, you remember? Yeah. Everybody went. Crazy. Everybody went crazy. Everybody this was this was the song this they started stage diving to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the joint. Um, I can't remember who I went to DC and saw them with, but they did it together in DC. It was crazy. I wanted to see that. I would want. They see was turns. They t- But that's what man. That was so much fun, man. Like, and it brought like uh, a fun energy to hip hop, man. And I, I felt like it wasn't there. Um, the years prior. Like, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to shows as much in like 2010, yeah. but I feel like that 2010, 2011, when the internet started taking off and people wanted more social interaction with the artists and young art, I mean, you knew what artists know, knew they needed that to pop off. There was more stage dive and more hanging out with people after, it was jumping off, kicking it with the rappers. And, and um, I think ASAP really embodied that. And I love Brand New Guy. It's a great energy song. Um, it is not a lyrical masterpiece. I'm never going to sit nope. here and be like, man, ASAP really took us on a, a, a dive Hell into no. the depths of his mind <laughs> and changed. No, man. No, and I, I no. think sometimes when people discuss rap, they set these unfair and unrealistic expectations for songs. Bro, this song is, this is a punch a nigga in the face music. Yeah. This is a workout song. Yeah. I don't expect him to give crazy bars. This is this is like my energy's flowing song, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I I do think that a lot of rappers in 2010 have to give this song credit as well because this was the first time that you kind of saw a new reincarnation of the uh, the the Lord Infamous flow, and it's done by Schoolboy Q. The way that he done it through this verse, that's why I say. Like, talk outside about of, it. Like, the verse alone. Talk about it. Go ahead. Talk about it. I think ASAP reintroduced it, but I think you talk about it, man, because you, okay. you, the, you, the, you, the three six guy, you know. So, you know, but that flow has been I, who brought it back? ASAP brought it back, right? I would probably say, I would probably say Schoolboy brought it back in some way. Really? Because he was the first to actually like do it. Like in the twenty in the 2011, 2010s. because even even at this time, even though like Space Ghost Perk was sampling a lot of like old three six mafia music, he had a different flow compared to Schoolboy Q on this track. You know what I'm saying? And and obviously comparing somebody's entire catalog to like one track is very difficult. But as somebody that listened to Space Ghost Perk, who's going to probably talk about his, his the fandom and also the disappointment in Space Ghost Perk as we continue. Um, as somebody that loves his music and loved his music around that time, um, I just it, it didn't it didn't like he didn't have that flow. So like when he when Schoolboy did this track, he was one of the very first to actually put this sound on. And the way that he did it, it was fucking casual. So he just entered like like a normal verse. And then as soon as he get to the lower verse, 
when you start saying disrespectful shit about how we kind of like messing around this girl. So you saying my prerogative ways, nappy shit head with the brand new face. Brand, that's when he starts getting into that Lord Infamous thing. Brand new nigga with a brand new venue. So that bitch out should have made that whole better. Killing charisms, these cupcakes, not these cupcakes for members. Mama ops agenda to serve your agenda. Like he starts riding off of the beat. And like, this was only a glimpse of it. You see it when both ASAP Rocky and Schoolboy Q get on the beat and kind of bounce off of each other. Then you begin to see how this flow is starting to manifest on it. And like the way that he was able to ride off this beat, it was it people weren't doing that at the time. And then after that, after this album came out, like I say that it did showcase Space Ghost Purpose Sound. And he was able to continue with Raider Clan. And you started to see that a little bit more. The Lord Infamous flow with the different artists like uh Ethel Wolf and I wouldn't even say like uh Amber London was having that sound. I think Ethel Wolf was Ethel Wolf was one of the very few that continued to put that Lord Infamous sound on before other rappers. But I would say this is one of the very few albums or very few artists before, you know, it became a prevalent thing with Migos to actually make this song and use that flow. And put some respect on Schoolboy because I think even though he's been able to kind of merge himself in a more diverse sound as an artist, he managed to do something at a time that it was very rare to do. And now it's a prevalent thing. Now we're saying how it's the Migos flow. But at the same time, we got it, like I said, from the time we did the project pack one, you got to give Lord Infamous and 3-6 Mafia their respect because they were the originators of that shit. And you kind of see that Schoolboy Q was one of the people that reincarnated it, but did it in his own style. That's interesting because I've always said it. I thought ASAP brought that back to the forefront. Because I even thought the album, he's on the Infamous flow, he's on the Bone Thugs flow. He does a little bit like the wave, the uh, the wave, the uh, Max B esque flowing. So, yeah. um, I, I always thought it was him. So it's interesting when you say the schoolboy. Um, my next joint, my second joint, Trilla. Mm. Love well, you picking all the ones I had on here. Yeah, Trilla's my shit, man. Um, this is one of my favorite ASAP verses. Mm. Um, cause. A few reasons. The first, the first part of his verse, like a traditional New York flow. He kind of, and I think throughout this whole song, all of them I mentioned like that flow, like the New York flow to change up there. And they said kind of even starts with like a New York s flow, and then at a certain point he switches and does the uh, the bone thugs, the bone thugs whisper speeded up flow, and I thought that was really creative for him to like find a way to. You know, combine both flows on one brand. Cause that perp shit I zip up, your bitch shows you slip up. I get get my dick lick, I'm draped out, drip drip dub. I'm by the top of the line, all of my grind. Travel ladies in my mind, and they're running, they're running, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna hit one of the time, time. Them bad bitches blow kisses by my earlobe. A weirdo, but I'm real though, huh? I think 12 has always been the traditional New York rapper in yeah. all of ASAP. Like, he was yeah. the most traditional. Like, Ferg was not that guy. Ferg is a high energy. You hear him on Kiss and Pink switching it up. 12 was always the guy who gave you, like, those New York and Nest. But you, yeah. 12 was, but those two was more like you know, that New York-esque feel you used yeah. to. I would say Ferg is the person that, ca- like, that actually carried on the 3-6 sound. 
more than ASAP because we'll I'll continue as I go on, but like I think Ferg was the one that like carried it on with Trap Lord. But go ahead, continue. I, I think I think he carried it on. My point is I think ASAP gave it new life. Um, I think it wasn't being used. Um, it wasn't being, I mean, like you just said, Migos made it really popular. Yeah. They called it a Migos flow for a good while. People start exactly. saying, ah, that's, that's that little infamous flow. So I think, um, I think, but I think ASAP really was one of the people who, cause he was in New York. They didn't expect him to even do that. And I think he really, I hope I'm not overlooking nobody, but I can't think of no one else that weren't like three, six affiliated that was coming out young, new and bringing back that flow. Um, but I really like Chilla. I love this sample. I love the, it's a, really an old school sample, the the beat, but then they threw in like the, uh, the screw sample, the screw and um, the screw and uh, Lil Kiki. Mm. It's one of that famous, it's one of that best joints. That's, the, the, that's one of his songs where he made that, the line that he always used. Draped up and dripped out. Know what I'm, what talking, I'm talking about? about three yeah, that's the morning. that's one of the first time he used that verse. I think it's an old song too. But anyway, I can't think of it. I know exactly what you're talking about because I got it in my shit. <laughs> I got it what in song my is uh, it? my oh, my uh the dark side playlist. Yeah, exactly what you're talking. But about. this is a, it's, it's, it's a screw song featuring Lil Kiki. I, I can't look it up right now. Pimp I can't think about that's it. That's the name of it. Yeah, that's the song. That's the song, yeah, and that's yeah, the song yeah. where he said what is that famous line. I love that beat too. Bro. That beat crazy hard, bro. Crazy song. Crazy. Um, yeah, I, I love this. I I think this was Nas. I like. I really like Nas flow. I really I really think he never really got a shot. To put on his own tapes and stuff like that, like he should have, because yeah. his verse was really hard on this. So actually, Nas is the reason why I like this song, because the way that he came in was so dope, and and like I liked, like one thing I like about it, one thing that will attract me to a song is somebody's like vocal, vocal pitches and the way that they use their voice. So like if it, <laughs> it felt like a rubber band appeal when I was listening to uh, to ASAP Nas's verse. <laughs> It just style wow, like my nigga coming out the Arakaf. Like, yeah. it was very weird, but I was like, okay, I'm interested now because, yeah. you know, it's funny because he mentions like common at a time where he kind of lost the shit. Style <laughs> wow, like my nigga coming out the Like, you would not remember common, like, he did uh, Universal Mind Control, right? Like, that crazy ass album. Womp, womp. Like I want to start doing bad albums too on here. Yo, we have like that. To, yeah. <laughs> God damn, that was an awful. I'm so album. ready for this, but we keep choosing shit. good shit that is like, yo, like this we is so deep some tr- and all this shit. We gotta start <laughs> picking some shit, shit and just talk shit about it for a whole hour. God damn it, <laughs> Universal Mind Control. What the fuck? We was close. We was close with the heist. We was really close with the heist. <laughs> we was really close. Yo, Dave said it was a decent album. I was actually almost about to do it. And I know, um, I know, but I don't want to hurt Dave's feeling because I listened to it and I was just like, oh, God. Nope. This is, not, this is not it. And there was one time I got all excited and shit like, ooh, okay. He coming in with soul shit. And then the beat flip, and I was like, wow, this is this is a disappointing beat flip. I'm, what's going on? I started drinking more after I fucking heard that song. Damn. I was like, what is wrong with this? All right, sorry. But going back but to the, the, the ASAP shit was really good. And yeah. I think... I was gonna save it for the end, and I'll just bring it up again. 
I think one of the things that was really fun about the blog era, I mean, that's what everybody calls it. I'm not sure what they was going nah, on, what history it. is. But, um, cause I mean, to be honest, that's when we first started checking the blog out. Yo, I would get up every day, check my four or five blogs, go throughout my day, listen to my shit. At the end yep. of the day, check them again and see if something new went up. Yep. Yep. Bro. And then Twitter came out and people started putting stuff down. I remember, I remember, I know you probably do remember when you used to follow somebody and hit a certain number, they'll put out a new song. I remember Mac Miller was like, when I hit a hundred K, I'm putting out Macadelic or whatever the number yep. was. And Currency yep. was like. When I hit, if the Saints won the Super Bowl, I'm putting out Jackie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Smokey yeah. Robinson. So, um, but then the, the, the blogs will pick it up and it'll be everywhere because you know you couldn't find a link that works. Yeah. But anyway, I it think one of the like, things that was, go ahead. Felt like, I don't mean to cut you off, but it felt like, it felt like sneaker drops. Like it felt like yeah. sneaker drops. Like every time a big, because remember you and I were trying to get those, like, remember we were trying to go get those flight ones and shit. And we always had to like maneuver around the links to get that shit. And I managed to get one from fucking France. I still got yeah. that bear too. Yeah. So, oh, London thing to be exact. Shout out to y'all out there. Shout out to the UK. But like, <laughs> like it felt more like sneaker drops. And when this album dropped, the fact that it did drop on Halloween, a time where everybody was, you know, getting drunk and like they needed something to kind of, you know, get them through, you know, whatever they were doing. Especially for me, I was getting through like midterms and shit around the time that this album dropped. So like it 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 was it was so fucking hard and Trilla was one of those standout albums standout songs. Remember when they performed this shit and mm-hmm. then fucking he brought he they he literally brought out ASAP Nas and um shit Twelve for this shit, bro. And then everybody was just hype about this shit. It was it was one of the very few times you would see like an actual hip hop show because even though Trilla has a really good beat and a really good sample supporting it, him pen, the fact that all three of these rappers approach the beat and have so many different flows as they maneuver through it made you feel like when it was live, it was an old school concert, something that you would see like a Run DMC do, or in some cases like like a St. Louis, you know, type of shit, like the St. Lunatics and shit. Like he had a couple of people that come on to actually spit outside of playing good music. And I felt like this song was special to me because of the three verses that was on here and then also listening to it live to kind of certify that this was a good ass song. Yeah, man, I agree. And that was one of the fun things about ASAP because I felt like that posse feeling was missing from hip hop for a minute. So it was a lot of fun. So that's my second one, what's yours? I would probably, damn, you choosing a lot of them on my top five. (laughs) I would have to say Keep It G though, Keep It G. I didn't think he's gonna pick that. So even though I would say Purple Swag part two is a more significant song in the journey between, or the saga of ASAP Rocky and Space Ghost Perp. I would say Keep It G is a critical one. The reason being is because when Purple Swag dropped, um, I think it was produced by somebody else. But it had beats. It's okay, so it was produced by Ty Beats. And but it did have the same vibe that Space Ghost Perp was coming with when he was creating Raider Clan and also um uh Blackland Radio. So that was the song that brought both ASAP Rocky and Space Ghost Perp together. Keep It G was something that solidified their relationship. But one thing that I heard during ASAP Rocky's verse, he was like, motherfucker friendship. 
at the time, it didn't seem like much, but as you continue to go down what happened after this album dropped, and you saw Aesai Rocky climb his success in his Space Coast Perk create Raider Clan, you kind of, like, this song kind of altered the saga of both of these artists. So first things first, the beat is super dope. Um, mm-hmm. It's sampled by Motherload. Mm-hmm. Um, Soft Shell, so the name is Soft Shell, and it was also sampled by Goldlink. So this song was sampled by Goldlink, probably more yep. vocal chords. But if it is sampled by the the actual beat, Goldlink, hey, hey, you 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 fucking up with the whole Mac Miller thing, but you still my guy. I still fuck with you. I met Goldlink a couple of times. Cool dude, man. But that's not the point. So keep it G. The sample is super dope. The way that Space Ghost Perk killed this verse made me a fan of him, even though it is fucking not, it does not age well. <laughs> and it kind of shows you how, how, how should I say, mentally um, drained he is. But I cannot lie that this verse did not kind of get me. Like, I didn't memorize this verse. My mis- young misogynistic ass self at the age of fucking 20 fucking like Space Ghost Perp in this song because he approached the fucking the beat well. I Now looking back at it, I'm like, oh, this is hard. Ugh, okay, all right. But the beat was hard. ASAP killed this shit. The intro was hard with the with the with the with the actual you know with who who was it spitting who was it talking? That is Chase Infinite, one of my favorite music people ever. Really, Chase Infinite is the shit, bro. Who is Chase? So I don't know about Chase Infinite. Give me his. So Chase Infinite is he stopped making music and became a, for lack of a better terms, a behind the scenes guy. Um, um, he started managing artists and doing like stuff, and you will always see him with um, like rappers and just trying to like like young guys. Like when the blog became active, he became more of a behind the scenes guy. But he was a part of a group called Self Scientific, and he was the rapper. Mm-hmm. And DJ Khalil, one of the great great West Coast rappers, he was a producer. So it was him rapping producing. And they had a, a good run, some great projects, underground guys, so it wasn't like big names, whatever. And um, yeah, I think he decided to just like become a full-time behind the scenes guy. I know he got a family, so maybe that contributed to it, but he was like a lot of rappers who like are popular now and are successful. Chase had an had had a uh, an impact, like an impact on stuff they do. Um, um He's, he's been involved with Kendrick stuff. He's been involved with, um, dang, um, so much stuff. Like, you wouldn't even know all of the projects he's been working with, man. He's he's done a lot. Um, matter of fact, he was cool with uh, Strong Arm Steady and guys like that. He did work songs with them. That's how I became with mm. them. I like Strong Arm Steady. But yeah, man, like, Chase is the shit, bro. Like, so it, it makes it, this song even more significant. Yeah. And like, I love it, but then, like, as a fan of both artists and their trajectory after it, you kind of, I kind of go back as it, you know, I kind of go back at it and approach it as history. It sounds good, but it's it's more history to me because I know what happened after this album dropped and this song dropped. 
because it was a de- it was definitely a special song out for the project. But like even when the song was played when we were seeing it, you didn't see Space Ghost Perk when that song dropped. So when they, you know, when this verse came in, either they cut it off or like, you know, they they just had the verse kind of rock. Even though he was fucking with it, like he wasn't there to like, you know, continue the energy that was already being put on by like Nas and 12. But at the same time, you knew that like at the time they really had a love for each other. But as things continue to go awry and um, Space Ghost Perps, like man's get jumped, like gets jumped by one of ASAP's crew. That's when things get a little bit hectic. So I would say this was one of the gems off of this song. This was the first song that actually made me like this album because I didn't, I already heard Peso. But I was like, let me play something just randomly off of here. Let me, let me see what I'll fuck with. And then I, I I heard this song and I was like, yeah, this is it. This is it. But I ain't gonna lie, like Space Ghost Perk didn't have a misogynistic ass verse. But that verse was <laughs> that verse was hard in so many ways. And both of them were not good and bad. <laughs> I know you a Space Ghost Space Ghost fan, man. Oh, hell but yes. uh hell this yes. was not this first. I've never been a big fan of his songs, bro. It's certain certain beats that you put me on that I like that he certain songs where the beat was so good. What's the song he got? Well, I had the world on my palm, but I'm a black man. Oh yeah, it, uh, black guy. Yeah, like that beat is so hard to me. It, it over it it it, it um, makes up for his lyrics. Um, this is not my favorite Space Ghost verse. I don't have a favorite Space Ghost verse. It was tolerable. <laughs> I can tolerate it. It wasn't. It, was, it didn't mess it up. Um, I like the intro. Like I said, I like I like Chase Infinite. I like everything he stands for. I like everything he does for the game. I think he became like a mentor for a lot of young guys. Yeah. Um, and he used his experience in, in hip hop to really like hope a lot of guys don't make that same mistake on the business side. I mean, hell, he opens, he has a coffee shop now and sells merch from it, which is fucking. Oh shit, that is super dope. This nigga well, Chase is the man, bro. Hey, um, yeah, man, black businessman. That's what I'm talking about. I, I I like ASAP's verse. I like the beat. Um, I like the song. I really do. Um, wasn't a fan of Space Ghost verse, man. But I think yeah, it's just me. Yeah, like looking back at it now, I was like, like I've always. I really hope nobody finds School Days. But like when School Days came out, I was immature as fuck, and like at the time when I was immature as fuck, I also liked this verse because the way that he rolled off the verse. Remember, one thing that like I'm interested in is like vocal patterns, the way that you know a rapper flows through a beat, maneuvers through a beat and shit like that. So the way that he did it was really dope. But also, I'm not gonna lie, like the verse was not misogynistic because it was misogynistic and I couldn't really play that around women. So it I can't really it- go back. It wasn't the content for me. It just it wasn't. It didn't connect with me. Yeah, yeah, that content. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it was it wasn't like he said something so crazy? I'm like, oh, I was I was cringy. I just don't. I I'm not a Space Force fan. So. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I yeah you know I do yeah, and I like that. Yeah, I know I did. Go yeah, ahead. I didn't like Purple Swag too. I didn't like his verse on that either. I, I think he farted when he started that verse. Black Kim's bitch is that nigga SCP. I was like, okay, all right, you yeah. ain't it. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I think it felt it, it fit that, but 
I don't know. <laughs> uh, what's what's your next one? Oh wait, wait, you it's yours. It's your girl. Oh, you did you did keep it G. Oh, yeah, I chose keep it G. Uh, Palace. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, I don't know what happened to Clams Casino, man. I know, uh, man. Give that man his fucking respect. He, he, he was one of the producers that shined on this project. And his fucking beat tapes after that were good as well. Crazy. I don't know why people to sleep on that, man. They I love this beat tape, yo. I don't know what happened to him. He like, I guess he's like disappeared. I don't know what he does stuff for anybody. So yeah, I remember he what's that song he did with Mac Miller? I love that song. Oh, he did something with Mac Miller. Hold on. Well, Macadelic. He did he did Macadelic. Oh, so I yeah. probably I definitely probably heard his own. He was on Macadelic. I'm not tripping. I know I'm not tripping. Yeah, man, I really liked him, bro. Uh, I, and I thought, yeah, Angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been quiet since, man. He yeah. did some stuff in 2018, well, I see. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been making moves, just not in 2020 or 2019. But like he, I know that he made a a, a flip of Waka Flocka's "I Go Hard in the Paint," and it also played on um, YouTube by this really dope YouTuber called um, Turismo. And he he actually goes back and documents like what we're talking about, Space Goes Perp. Memphis hip hop. He actually mentioned my fucking articles. So shout out to you. I'm not sponsored by y'all ass, but you still get yeah. respect. <laughs> but like, he's super dope. If you want to go back and like watch, like you know, different uh, uh, stories about Houston rap, Memphis rap, shit like that. But I think Clams Casino was like one of those like artists who should also get respect for their sound. In um during the cloud during the cloud music era, because remember when we saw that hashtags documentary, they were considering you know this whole genre cloud music, and like Clams Casino was one of the artists that really put this this sound out there. Now you kind of see it with like Playboy Cardi and how it's been like modified, you know, in the you know at this time, but like. I think we really forgot about fucking Clams Casino, and it's not fucking fair because he made so many hard beats and then continued to do that shit throughout the 2010s, and then like, there's no artist that can like bounce off of his beat. I just don't think that that's, you know, that that's possible. It was it would be dope as shit to see Playboy Cardi, you know, work with Clams, but that's just me tripping. Clam shit sounded like like you was just falling yeah. on a cloud. Um, like angels, that oh my god, that beat is crazy. crazy. You know what? You know what the clams discussion makes me want to bring up though. What? And this is something that I've been trying to figure out the right wording for. The respect that little B, that little B deserves. You know what? I'm glad we're here. <laughs> and I agree finally. And you know, for some reason, as much as I like Space Ghost Perk. I despise Lil B. <laughs> despise him. Despise I don't like him. He had a couple songs that I was like, oh, I like this a little bit. Da, da, da. But I don't, I, I'm not a, that's not my guy. But it is unfair if we were still here to, to act like he did not 
take some of those air rolls coming over the hill first. Yes, yes. Him and Soldier Boy. I would say yeah. that too. I, I would I would give it a little bit more with little B simply because he was showing people how to do it without a label. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it was a and it also was a little bit of Soldier Boy knew how to work the internet. So not since coming off like it was a caricature, not at all. Mm. And people said Little B was, but Little B wanted to be creative. He could have stayed with the uh, the van sound, you the California. He could have mm. stayed with that because it worked. He had a hit song with it. He could have kept trying it, but he wanted to make songs he wanted to make. So he went on his own and made a bunch of wild, crazy ass songs. Crazy shit, yeah. But I honestly feel like he laid the groundwork for people like Wiz to switch from making hardcore gun Pistolvania uh, stuff about real. Pittsburgh to having Wiz. Because remember, Wiz what, was making Wiz, hard ass shit. Like Wiz was making shit. hard gangster shit first. Yeah. And I'm not saying he saw a Little B and was like, huh, so I'm going to do. But I think for a lot of people, saying Little B be like, my nigga, you can be creative and whatever the fuck you want. It's the internet. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to abide by it. You don't even need the labels to get a million views. You can do that shit on your own. And I feel like in some way, people was like, oh shit, like you can. I think Wiz pulled the curtain back because he had those, remember those freestyles he would do live all the time? Yeah. And put them on YouTube all the time. I think he pulled the curtain back with the creative process. But I feel like, man, Lil B really, like, I remember laughing at, uh, was it Pink Swag? Yeah. Yeah. I remember laughing at this shit. It was crazy. And he was saying, oh, wow, the ASAP mentioned him on uh, Brand New Guy. Yeah, yeah. That, that Lil, Lil B, B, that bring bang. bang. Come like, on, man. Get, like, and you you could tell, like, it, you could tell that people, like, bang the shit out of, like, you know, Lil B because that bass sound. Even though he didn't really have like his his shit was off base, I think it was a modified version of like Atlanta rap. Cause like in in some cases, some of his raps reminded me of like OJ the Juice Man, but it was just much more dumbed down. <laughs> like OJ Juice, like when OJ the Juice Man approached songs, even with um, damn the first song that comes on with Atlanta, no in, no hook. So like even on no hook like OJ OJ the uh, the juice man can slaughter a fucking beat and I'll give him that respect but like you when you hear little B you hear that same rhyme pattern as fucking OJ but good lord it's just like dog what the fuck are you talking about but like so many people liked it and like you said he gained so much traction in the internet age that fuck like you couldn't really ignore him anymore. There were people talking shit about him, but they were only helping him grow. You know what I'm saying? And then not only did he manage to have like his whole bass crowd, but then this nigga dropped the shit with Knife Wonder, and that shit was actually good. I, I oh shit, I actually liked that that shit with uh Knife Wonder that he did uh bass for your face. That shit was hard. So you kind of saw that he was able to kind of diversify his sound, but he. Like you said, it was one of the people that had to take, you know, the criticism at the time because he was creating this bass sound and it was getting him a lot of traction creatively. So he went with that. So I I would say that I was one of the people that 
disrespecting him at the time because I was like, yeah, man, he ain't real hip hop, all that shit. But I, I kind of regret saying that shit because I happened to mess out on a lot of really good artists because I had that mindset and I had to change. And you was actually one of the people that helped me change that because you was like, Chief Keef's favorite rapper was 50 Cent. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, yeah, man. Yeah, I can't really talk about Chief Keith, man. He also need to get his flowers because he definitely didn't. Uh, Chief Keith and Little B did a lot for the internet and the music industry in whole. Um, and I, I and uh, a lot of old heads bashed them for shit, but yeah. they told a lot of kids you can make the music you want, and yeah. I think it opens the way for the shit that we see today. Let's also not forget the fact that Lil B is in sports culture. Like, he's in pop culture now with the Lil B Kurtz. Because if it wasn't for him putting that that curse on Kevin Durant when he was playing for OKC, that nigga would not be in Golden State. And also, remember, when Lil B lifted the curse on Kevin Durant, of course, KD was already a talented player at the time. And the fact that he went with the Warriors, of course, of course, it's obvious that he was going to win some rings with them because they were already talented. They already won a ring without him. But when Lil B lift that fucking curse, that shit got a lot of traction as well because KD said Lil B was a whack-ass rapper. And he was one of those OGs that fucking was like, no, nah, you weak as shit. And the fact that this curse lasted from the time that this nigga was at OKC, and at critical moments, this nigga could not go over the hoop to beat LeBron in the heat. As soon as he went over to GSW, it was all good. Like, he lifted the curse and then Kevin Durant won two rings. And now he's at Brooklyn uh, and he's, he's, he's festering. He's festering like a rotisserie chicken. But at the same time, <laughs> yes, yes, we, like, yeah. I Lil B is not only somebody who helped create the new wave of artists when it comes to doing independent shit and also being creative with the with, with new sounds, he was also uh, a huge part, uh, a huge image in sports and pop culture. And we cannot take that shit away, especially in the 2010s. He also got jumped at Rolling Loud. So, yeah. Well, just All that is true. Um, yeah, I just... Uh... Yeah, I just, um, I think that it's going to be hard to, like, document the effects of it, um, like, in, like, in detail or numbers and shit like that. I just honestly feel like um, the crazy shit he did on the internet really told a lot of young kids, they don't have to fake to get a deal no more. Do it this way, and then you'll figure that shit out. And I'm not saying he was the only one, shit like that. I think him just doing out of the wall. The first one doing out of the wall, crazy shit, whatever he wanted, blah, 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 blah. And I think, you know, Lobby dropped six kiss in 09. Yeah. Wiz dropped this plane in 09. He dropped Cushion OJ in what, 2010? Or that's 09? Yeah. It was 20, I think it was 20, 2009. It was 2009, late 2009, though. Lobby hit, hit the internet in 2007. I mean, if you want to technically give it to him, maybe 2006 with the Vans. I'm some. I'm just talking about Dolo, YouTube, Pink okay. Swag stuff. Okay, I you know started hearing saying? about him in 2009. Yeah, well, that's when he hit the internet, 2008, 2009, 
And I think Wiz dropped Cushion OJ in 2009 as well. Um, and I, Wiz, you talking 2010, my bad, the year oh, after. Oh, for real? Yes. But he did put out Deal or No Deal in 09, and that's when he switched his sound mm. from Pistol Tote and Wiz to Smoke Weed, Chilling, I'm on a Plane. And this plane was the record that was his most his first most successful record. He, he was able to tour off that, do performance, get some bread, da 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 and then from that, he did Kush Noje and he took off. So um, I'm not saying Lil B is a reason for that success. I'm just saying he was the pathway to it. Yeah. Um, I still like to say it's your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So I agree with you. It's crazy how you grow up, like, and kind of see how these things played out, especially at a time where everything was so new. And we mm-hmm. was experiencing, like, this whole blog scene where you actually – in order for you to listen to great music and get hip to like classic gems from the samples they've had, you had to actually take the time to do the research when it comes to new music. And now everything is like, oh, like as soon as the artist puts something out on Instagram, they could be like, oh, this song is now on Spotify. And everything is like, all right, you know, you grab it in here and there. But at a certain time, it was fun to take that time to take that journey to go get that album. It was like, going to the record store and maybe getting a tough album. <laughs> but instead of you actually going, you're, you know, trying to download it online and you're talking about it with your friends on Twitter and things like that. I think at this time when everything was still new, Twitter, uh, these blogs, a lot of the new artists that began to come out, everything was so fresh to us. And because, you know, there were, there were, there was micro communities that were beginning to grow from this this new wave of sounds um when it came to the blog era it, it was really fun to actually enjoy especially being able to like link up with you and other people and talk about these different things and i think that like this project was one of those ones that had people kind of sit down like drink and just talk shit about the album while listening to it. I know we had the, many of those moments <laughs> in the door with this album. What's uh? What's your third one? Houston Oldhead. Mm. Yeah, he started. To, that's when he started doing some storytelling. Yeah, man. I, so I I do love the beat. Of course, I love the beat. Um, I'm not sure what it's sampled by. I looked on who sampled and they only got them for like the bigger songs no i know that song that's um it's a uh it's like the beginning the very beginning of a fifth dimension song really yeah who's fifth dimension give me a hit it's this old 70s group i'll sing you the sample it's like uh it's like a song they put out my mother used to play Fifth Dimension. She had like a Fifth Dimension. She had them seventies gold albums, and she plays all a bunch of shit. Okay, Shit, now but I have um, something to look for, bro. You got to yeah. come to CDD when 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 everything becomes a little bit normal. You got to come to CDD Depot down here. You gonna fucking fall in love with it. It's a record store. You got some. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm getting a record player soon, so I'm with that. But yeah, why you what you love what you love about the song? So I do love the sound. I do love the sample. And I also love that, the you know, this was one of the more chiller songs from the project. You you go through this entire album and it's very aggressive, even though it does have low points, the low points are still dark and grim. And then you come here and it's like, 
it it, it kind of gives you the essence of the entire album, but in a more relaxed way, while still not losing his touch. Now there is a song later on that we're probably going to talk about that I have a fucking problem with, but mm. <laughs> Houston O'Head was definitely um, a great song for me, um, especially in college. Like, of course, he's talking about, like, just getting high and shit like that. But he also talking about, like, talking to, like, an old head and, he, and that old head just kind of giving him, like, schooling, on, schooling him on game. Life is just bitch. A bitch is like a hoe. Hoes want the money. Money come and goes. Friends turn to foes. Foes, they be fake. If you're listening to, to your old head talking, you'll be straight. Like, talking to your OGs and actually being able to. And that's something that I do. Like, I usually talk to my dad or, like, mentors that I've had to kind of school me on game. And, like, this was something that didn't really, like, mention that, but it, it nudged to that as well. And I, I like that about the song. And, um, yeah, yeah, I this was, this was another gem off of the album that kind of, like, put you in a more relaxed state. And it was a good song to kind of move you into like the last couple of songs from, you know, the, this project. Yeah, this was actually one I was going to pick next. My, this is going to be my second to last one. So now I only got one song left. Um, I love this song, um, several reasons. Um, I'm going to stop saying it, but, you know, I went to Houston as a kid, my first mm -hmm. time traveling. So I always loved it. And it just felt like my first time there. Um, it just felt like doing all the shit he's talking about. I don't know if he went there when he was a kid, but damn, I felt the same way. This song is just dedicated to a, a kid who really loves Houston. It was produced by DJ Burn One, who did a lot of mixtapes in the early Yo, blog days. I feel like they people don't give DJ Burn One his respect, and I feel like people don't give Jay Nixon his respect as well. But I continue. I agree. I like Brown. Brown had some dope mixtapes. He had one with a uh, was it Pill? With Crit and Pill. Oh, and he had Crit. Yeah, yeah and he did Sarlito. That shit was yeah. hard. And it showcased some of Chris later music with Def Jam that was never released, but only his loose. Yeah, Def Jam ain't know what they was doing with him at all. At all, bro. And I'm so mad because like, like he had a really good thing going in the wow. early 2010s, and then after, like. He was fucking with Def Jam and they, oh man, I don't know what's going on. Like, I do like his latest project, but it doesn't have that same, like, oh, doesn't, it doesn't give you that energy like his original Jones. And you can't even find his original Jones anymore. Well, like, I still got him. I'll try to give him to you. Oh, I got, I got all, I, oh man, I got all the shit. I'll let you um, know if I need him though, because he put Crit is here on a, Crit was here on a iTunes. It should be on DSPs. Yeah, he you don't have. Could, you don't have Children of the World on it though. No, it don't have one song. You don't have on the camera. Which one? So, do you think Chris? What, what do you think was, was Chris' best album? I know we got off topic, but what do you think was Chris' Ooh. best project? Um, I really like Catalactica. Mm, okay. I really like Catalactica. Um. But then his double album was really good too, though. Oh yeah, yeah, that shit was hard. The double like album, the styles. Yeah, it was telling both stories. Like one was himself, and one was Crit Justin. Um, yeah. um, it might be forever is a mighty long time though. Double album mm. for me. Mm. Um, 
I, I don't I just I just think Def Jam didn't know what to do with him. Yeah. And it really messed him up because Calypso was fun, man. I had a great album. Yeah. I had a great time listening to that, riding with that, sitting with that. Um, personally, I don't think Crit has a bad project in his in his in his his discography. I don't think so. I think there's some that's not as strong as others. I think the label didn't know what to do with him. I don't think yeah. he ever should have signed to the label. I think he should have stayed indie yeah. and probably rock with somebody from the South who knew how to market and promote him. Yeah. Uh, I like like a Ross or somebody else like that to really like yeah. help push him. I think he's in the perfect space now and do whatever the fuck he wants. Yep. Um, I'm a bit, I'm, you know me, man. I've been rocking yeah. with Crit, so people are making oh, wow. fun of him. Interviewed him twice. And he's been man. really good, man. That's my that's my nigga. I'll fuck yeah, with Crip, bro. Fuck with dude, Crip, bro. Shout out to Crip, um, man. But um, back to this joint. This is uh, Houston O'Hare, right? I love this song. I love this song, man. It's a great song. It's one of my favorite Rocky songs. Um, it might be my favorite song off the album. I probably should have picked it first. I didn't think he was going to pick it. That's probably why I was saving it in the stash. Mm. Um, it's fun, man. It's like you said, it's a different, it's a different tone for the album. Gives you a break from one to, and it's not a big like um, chasing bitches. I'm getting much of money partying. It's more like a I'm chopping them old heads. It's like a round away song. Yeah, which I think everybody everybody can relate to in some way. Um, so Good yeah, song uh, for the cookouts too. One hundred percent. I'm at the cookout list. Yeah, fuck with it. Good time. Good time. And it's right after kissing pink. Um, yeah. I, after this song is when it goes a little down for me. Yeah, um, it goes like like a little, it goes like a little deep for me. So um, one of the songs that I don't like is out of the world. I'm listening to this shit now, but I don't like out of out of this world. I despise out of this world. I fucking hate that song. No, let's see if it, see if it, see if it, see if it, okay, see what we don't like for them. Right. Um, I think this is my last one. Okay. Because you, I was going to do Houston Mohead, which is my fourth. My my last one is bass. Oh, okay. Bass. The funny okay. part is I was, I'm reading this now on a, I'm going to read it on and Clams made the beat and Clams said it's originally for a little bit and Lil B turned it down because it was too fast. Wow. Um, then he gave it to ASAP and then ASAP did this and I, this is a, uh, a great ASAP Rocky song. Um, I, I think, and I, and I think with his future work, he lost this sound. Like this particular sound, he lost. Yeah. Like, um, he, he, he mimics some stuff. He mimics Kissing Pink, some, some strong, like not mimic, but he does that same feeling. But this particular bass is different. The flow on the beginning is totally different. Um, these other niggas so-so, they open off my mojo. Spanish Sophie with a half a kilo by her Jojo. Blow it out your culo, who got dough on the smoke though? My partner had Cinco, now we blowing on that Ocho. Bozos love my rose gold, purple got me slow-mo. Something like I'm Dorothy, but my rubies in my gold though. What you think this fofo? These niggas must be loco. Stepping on these bricks and for your fix, so call me Toto. Follow me, follow me, follow me now. And the way that it flows perfect with the beat, um, 
Yeah, I, I think it, it, I could be wrong, but going back on some of his, his later works, I feel like this is like this song, the feeling you get from this song, you don't really feel it in a lot of his later work. I don't know if you feel the same way, but um, yeah. This was a gym that he that he performed live, and that shit had the crowd like wild. Every time. Every, every fucking time. time. Yep, every, every time. Hell yeah, like, every time that dun, like, dun, dun. I even seen him perform at Buku Project, and he kept, I got to see you that footage, too. Bro. Like, yeah, I want to see that. Took some good photos, took some good photos, and then just watched him destroy that shit. So, funny thing, as well, I met Aesop Rocky at Buku Project. Mm. So, I was taking photos of little Boosie, and, um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And this was right after he got released from prison. So, like, he was already a booked artist, but he got released early. So, like, he was able to make the show and actually kind of enjoy it as well as perform. But usually they give, um, they, I was working for All Hip Hop, and they give you, like, three minutes in the booth. And I was already covering Buku, a whole bunch of artists. Also, great moments there. Great moments there. Also, my, my cousin Kia went with me, too. Shout out to her. But, um, yeah, like, I was walking out and I saw ASAP Rocky, I saw Rory, and I think I saw Joey Badass. And they were just in the cut chilling. Which Rory are you talking about? So Rory is from Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, I know you're talking about. I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like the the the, the next generation, but with the Andre 3000 sound. But yeah, that shit flop. <laughs> For real? You don't that like you don't like Rory? Rory got some. Indigo Child was fine. The rest of that shit flopped. No, nah, he had no, no, no. The Joey did with Key was hard. Um, Tears no, in the Trap. I, I did like that shit. That shit was I'll hard. And I fuck with Key. Key is a, a solid ass fucking artist. Key is A1 and doesn't get his props. Yes, facts. Also, Key is nice. Key, Key, him and Kenny Beats are perfect together. Perfect together. Perfect. Um, but yeah, yeah. When it comes to this song, though, this song was also so. This was actually a tough one for me because I was deciding um, between this one and um, Triller, because I do like the way that because ba bass was one of the the earlier songs that kind of introduced you to what you know Rocky was trying to project to you. So like when you're going through the album and the tracklist, you're already getting like a single peso because that's the one that like kind of went viral and kind of put him on and then bass is like right after that so it's like all right so now you already went through the single now i'm about to give you the real shit the shit that you ain't even here and this just starts out with bass and that just carries you on through like most of the album but the thing i like about it, this album is that like it's one cold ass hit after another even the chill one which is houston overhead is cold but bass was the was the one hit to your face that like introduce you it's like <laughs> and I, I don't it's weird to imagine this but it's like the first punch you get before you get jumped <laughs> uh. like it's that one hit that introduce you to your ass beating and then the other jumps just keep giving it to you you know what i'm saying i've never experienced this experience before by the way but you know, <laughs> you know i've seen it it's not pretty 
but yeah, like like it, it it's just like that. It's just it comes at you aggressive, and it never lets you go until the end. Or maybe even Houston on here, but even then you're just like yeah, go down with my old head until you get to the to the last crappy ass song. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. True bases, bases are good. Bases, bases are good. Um, like intro to this album, even though it's not necessarily the intro. Mm. Uh, so that's. I'm supposed to do my fifth one. I don't have a fifth one. So you actually have two picks left. So if you got two pick, if you got one pick, what's up to you? Oh, I don't have okay, one. Okay, all right. So um, get lit. Mm. Get lit. Pretty dope. Um, I said it's a cold song that used cloud vibes and bass. So it was another song that carried on the entire sound of um, cloud music. Another song that is very weird. Uh, Asi Rocky has a distorted type of voice. I also like the fact that I like I like what you said about how he was able to carry on some um, some of the the habits he had in this project onto his future projects. Because I, mm-hmm. I along with this project, I listened to Long Live ASAP, and then also um, at long last, yes, at long last, yeah, long last ASAP and. You kind of see how he was able to carry some things like, you know, the way that he was floating on this song and then move the weird vocals to something like LSD. But it's much more refined because now he has the, the resources to actually provide really good, um, really good music. So I definitely say that like um, Get Lit was it, it wasn't like a like a banger, like, oh, this is like a huge standout track. But I do say that, like, this song did bear qualities and things that he carried on throughout his project. And as, as what, and specifically for this one, um, the, the electronic vibe that goes with this song and the bass of it, he definitely carried that on to uh, Long Live ASAP, which was more of, like, a modern mainstream song. I don't even, like, because Space Ghost Perks, per, Space Ghost Perks. Space Ghost Perp left ASAP and, you know, didn't fuck with him. His sound shifted so differently. And even though it, you know, made him a superstar, like, it was completely different from this project. This project was much more raw. You know what I'm saying? Like, it had much more raw beats. It had that old raw 3-6 Mafia appeal, which, you know, created the cloud music era as well as the the, the reincarnation of, like, old 3-6 Mafia sounds. But like as soon as he went to Long Live ASAP, it like he did a song with fucking Skrillex. Like that's that's enough said. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it and granted, granted, get I'm I'm not I'm because you can still see moments from this album throughout the brand of ASAP Mob. I'm not taking that away. You see some of the things carried on through Ferg, carried on through ASAP when he's like doing viral shit like going to Target with fucking Tyler, the creator, and he's blasting old, like, Lord Infamous. But at the same time, when it comes to, like, his albums alone, like, you're not going to get the same sound. I think the thing, I think surprisingly, the only thing that is maybe close to it is testing. But even then, testing is much more refined and have more resources. So, and also it's him testing out new sounds, but you kind of see how he was trying to go back to the old ASAP. 
Um, but this song was another song that kind of carried those um carried those habits on as he traversed through his career, no matter what he went through. <laughs> you said get lit and what else? Because I ain't gonna lie to you, Gillet wasn't my favorite. I liked it. It's what, it I like how it was a different sound than the yeah. rest of it, but I just couldn't get with the get lit part. It just kept pissing me off. <laughs> get, 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 get lit, lit. <laughs> uh, the next song is Roll One Up. Uh, I'm not surprised because you literally just rolled one up. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> you was probably planted as you roll one up. I did yes. I do like rolling up. Yes. And uh, we had great memories to that song. So. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be hypocritical if I would sit here and act like I don't have a reason to like that song. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, um, <laughs> that song serves a purpose. Yes, it does. Um, yes, it does. It's a fun it's song. Your life. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun. I mean, this is a fun album, man, and I think. We have to sit with it and let it be fun and stop don't overthinking and make it what it's not. Yeah. Okay. We gave it all the good shit. Let's get to the bad shit. What did you like about that album? I didn't like out of this world. Fuck that song. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A-side Rocky, I'm sorry. Fuck out of this world. I cannot stand it. You go through this entire album, it's trill as fuck, it's dark as grim. But at the same time, ASAP gives you these hard ass beats. He gives you this fucking atmosphere to match it. He gives you a fucking all star team of fucking artists from the fucking SoundCloud scene that became like OGs and legends, even though they don't get the, the respect or financial respect that they really deserve. But this album was one of the monumental albums in the next generation. And when you get to the fucking end after all of these fucking hard ass songs and even the last little songs, Acid Dripping Demons, not the most out there songs, but you're like, all right, it's dark, it's still, I can fuck with this. Then you get out to Out of This World and this shit literally sounds like a song from a random nigga on Dat Piff. And then you just hear it like the beat. I would say this. I think a younger Mac Miller would fit this beat much more than A-Side Rocky, especially on this album. Because this album was so trill, and then he comes with this New York modern 2010 ass beat, and then he's like, Money over traffic, money over passion. I'm just like, Oh, this shit is whack, bro. And like, unfortunately, it kind of shows. I'm not saying ASAP Rocky is whack because I would be lying to your face if I said that he was whack for that. But he did have songs that I was like, Eh not really feeling this dog and this was one of the songs because you go through this entire good ass album and then it ends with this fucking ending and I'm just like this takes me out of it all the time I'm just tired of it fuck this out <laughs> um I put the song had some good lines uh I remember it was one part of the song where he was like mentioning a bunch of other rappers at the time like Wiz and I think currency and Drake tied Okay, well, let them make like rap with a beat. <laughs> I, I thought that was, I thought that was cool that he was shouting them out, and he had one line out that was like uh, uh, the old day to Jay Z. No, old day to uh, I'm like, what the fuck you think a rap for to push a fucking Range Rover? Yeah, I like that fun. too, but still, like, um, do it on I, another I, beat. <laughs> true, I think this beat is the sound that he was going for in the future. Um, you mentioned the Skrillex song and shit like that. Like, this is the beat 
that like you listen to the song and listen to the Skrillex shit, you can be like, oh, I can see yeah. that this is the, in the same creative cycle. I don't think he should did either one. Yeah. Um, this though, like the 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 rhymes he was spitting could have been over another beat and still had the same, if not a better impact. Um, one thing I didn't like about this album, I did like about it, but I didn't like like going for was um, I love that he used like a lot of new producers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at that time, one of the things that the blogs did, like people was either trying to get um, like find their set sound. So they were often like, you know, do freestyles or a beast they liked or try to get some beats for somebody who was like coming up or just work with one producer. And he was able to use a bunch of different guys to get like a, a kind of a cohesive sound that he was going for. Like um, some was hit and miss, but for the most part, it fits into what he was going for. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Um, it has some hits and miss with it, but um, I, I didn't like the fact that I felt like he was lazy with the bars. Mm. Um, and I know people are gonna say, uh, you know, the South this and the South, but the South niggas can rap. Yep, we've already we've already yeah. stated that yeah. before. There's some rappers they can they, they can they it can rap too, yeah. um, and it sucks because it's like I felt like it was all like shit that shine and fun and stuff like that, which is cool. But you do want some level of lyrical something um, with the with the with what the to add to the the fabric of what you're making i'm not saying he needs to be like the best rapper every single time but i wish there was more shining moments of his rap ability and not vibe or cool hook or a flow switch or a feature but like you can say asap killed this verse i've never said yeah asap killed this verse and I and I wish that's one of the things as a person who enjoys some of his music is to say, uh, you know, what's another thing you didn't like about it? I that that's actually a good like a good um observation mm-hmm. um that I respect because that I felt that same way. Like I didn't feel like even on the songs that he was rapping over, he rapped well. And you you appreciated the fact that he paid respects to like these older gems, but I've never like went over to a song, even even one train, even the songs that he would show up on. It's just like, all right, I know ASAP is gonna come in here and I know his voice is gonna bring you, you know, to him. And I know he's gonna ride off of this beat well, but there's nothing that's making me be like, all right, like this voice is but this verse is like super hard. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, like, right. I also think that like this album was like. I, I'm not going to say it's his best album, but it's definitely one of his best because as soon as he started, you know, moving, you know, be creating actual projects, because so much shit was happening throughout his life, you could see how his music was changing completely. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And that was also for the good and bad. Of course, you have um, the goods from um, Long Live ASAP which is songs like Jody. I like Jody because it kind of took you back to like that grim and rawness that he had in Live Love ASAP. And then you got other songs like the one with fucking Skrillex where you want to throw your fucking laptop out the window because you're like, what is playing on this bullshit? <laughs> like, like, it's just like, 
I'm not gonna say like ASAP is not a bad artist because he's no he's nowhere near it. I would say that musically and sonically, sometimes it could be inconsistent. And I think that testing was something that unfortunately solidified people's divisiveness when it came to his sound because we haven't heard anything from him in a while. And then he comes out with this. And even though it did have some gems on there, like it didn't have that same. Like, and, and also like the, the premiere for the album was pretty good too because he had people rocking in the club. But then, like, the way that it followed up, people didn't really talk about it much. And I was like, wow, like, you could kind of see he was testing new stuff, but at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't have that click like it did. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get to, like, the impact of the album and the impact of ASAP Rocky, where we at today with it. Oh. Oh. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say that, like, I would say that, like, the impact of ASAP Mob is very, is very um, impactful. I would say that, like, the fact that, like, they were one of, like, the first artists in, like, the new generation to kind of include both fashion and not only, like, streetwear and shit like that, because they did do streetwear originally with black scale. But then when they started actually upgrading their game to, like, the more higher fashion, um, and mixing that with like underground hip hop at the time, that was something that wasn't really seen like that. And I also think that contributed to, um, in some ways, Instagram culture now, especially when it comes to streetwear and like people taking photos of, you know, the different hits that they had, especially these different rappers. Um, I also think that ASAP Rocky's um, inclusion with like MTV and like, um, MTV and uh shit, what's the what's the fucking oh guess like his 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 blending of his his skills when it comes to both business and music was something that was never well it was seen before, but for like somebody around our age to actually do it and do it from the blog era, it was something that was new. You know what I'm saying? He was able to kind of master the blog era with his one project and then kind of move on to do a lot of things in the mainstream aspect, even though musically he's not really touching things. I think this album put him in rooms that I don't think he was really expecting. And then when he started creating projects after that, it continued to keep him in those rooms and even get him in farther places, not only due to the music itself, but then also the business acumen of ASAP Mob and ASAP Yam. And I feel also feel like ASAP Yam was a huge part of um ASAP Mountain Rise. Yeah, um I agree. Um Yams died too fucking early, yo. Way too early. Too fucking early, man. I always liked Yams, man. I thought he was the coolest guy. I felt like he would have been running a fucking label by now or fucking crazy, but he would do it his way. He'd be wearing sweats to work, talking shit, and then his ear for talent was crazy, bro. Like, what? The, he was, like, big with, like, connecting ASAP to other people and hooking up with Mac and hooking up with Vince Staples. And, yep. you know, he was rocking with uh, fucking uh, Wretch and yep. uh, fucking uh, Joey Fats. Then he had a whole nother thing. He was building Lamborghini Bikini Records. And yep. It sucks, bro. So, funny thing. I was, um, you remember DJ Smokey, right? Mm-hmm. 
So I was interviewing DJ Smokey, and I noticed that in, um, I think, one of ASAP Mob's projects, you know, when they do, like, the collaboration projects and shit like that, which is something that I think we should kind of touch on in the future. Like, they, they cut, you know, you know how, like, like somebody who's super popular tries to bring their whole crew on so like they have like a whole out kind of like with what gucci man is doing with 1017 records like yeah. right now so like i yeah. think we should kind of like go over albums like that whether they're good or bad but that's not that's 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 something different but on one of asap miles projects it's actually one of the beats are made by dj smokey and yams actually reached out to dj smokey and was like yo we want to put you on more projects like oh, wow. if you don't know for for our listeners if you don't know dj smokey was one of the um pioneers of that cloud scene when it came to sampling three six mafia sampling a lot of old school project tat and then also blending it with r&b samples things like that he's from canada shout out to dj smokey he's one of the pioneers of the early 2010s era where where people were still selling stuff off of like you know they had their own private links or Specifically for him, he had a band camp, and I was also honored to interview him. Um, but yeah, yeah, like um, Yams reached out to him, and he actually had a song that's on one of their ASAP Mob projects. So like, like Yams died way too fucking soon, and it would it would be crazy to see what he would be doing now as a you know much more mature individual with the power that he's had. I also. I also would want to see what he would do with ASAP Mob now that they're not getting the kind of buzz that they're getting now due to not only, well, Ferg's project was really good, but the fact that ASAP Mob is trying to let that nigga go, as well as the shit that ASAP Bari has been doing and different members of ASAP Mob has been doing. I think yeah. that's been making the brand kind of disintegrate in some ways. I would want to see what Yams would do at this time. And I'm mad that we didn't have it because I think Yams being gone is now affecting ASAP Mob now. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think I think Yams not being gone definitely affects them. Um, they've all gone in, in essentially their own ways. You don't only see a, like Rocky with those most of the guys no more unless he's like torn and taking them with him out on tour, um, which sucks. I know ASAP Amp doing his own thing, building his brand. He got a, a pretty like booming um, clothing business, Marine Infantry. Yeah, I know. Like, too, bro. Like, yeah, he, his music is came. His music came up, bro. I think I think Ant definitely got it. I just think yeah. he making so much money doing fashion. I don't even know if he really put the and also, I don't think I think he gets jaded for having an ASAP name and doesn't get a shot because just because shit like that. I, I think really if Gans was here, shit would be different. I really think that he should kind of move away from it. And I see he's trying to do that because he switched yeah. his name up. Yeah, he used Addy. He been saying both like YG Addy and da da da. I think he might go for YG Addy because I think that might open up more shit for him and get the ASAP yeah. shit out the way. Yeah, I would um, just say take out the YG too and just say Addy, man, because you know probably gonna be like YG. Okay, all right. Yeah, true, like, true. He got he got bangers, and I also like the fact that he's like working with Baltimore artists like Soda as well. That shit is hard as well. Yeah, 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 yo, that's hard. We saw him to come up, and now making a movie. Yeah. Scene. Happy for Soda, bro. Soda, the Hell yeah, yeah, bro. Soda, a fucking star, bro. He just getting he needs his heart being the 
got to break the mold from a city to get it. Yeah. Um, but for the album, though, for the project and ASAP in general, I think it brought back a lot of fun stuff to music. Um, I'm trying to think, maybe you can correct me, who was the first big superstar? Like, music man playing on the radio, because he was on Hot 97 with Peso and Purple Swag. Mm-hmm. Um, and all on every blog and everybody playing them. Everybody. Um, like, from the blog era. I wanted to say, Wiz wasn't getting radio play with Cushion OJ, so I that's not him. He was getting play with Deal or No Deal, though. I remember that, though. Yeah, this playing was okay, but that was more like it wasn't like urban radio. It was like pop yeah. radio because he was yeah. singing and shit, which is fine. But that wasn't. But I'm, I'm talking about like I'm talking about like Hot 97. Those crowds was playing ASAP shit. It was summertime. It was a summer New York record. It was a Harlem twist. I'm trying to think who was the who was the first person to do that. I want to say Kendrick though was Section 80. But that was before. Dropped after though. Nah, that was before. Oh yeah, it dropped into my. Like okay, so before. it dropped from my my sophomore year because I remember listening yeah. to it at camp my second year. Okay, all right, all right. All so right. It's, it's between them two. Um, it might be Kendrick, but I think Exat was definitely one of the first people to make that transition from uh, Tumblr, social media, early social media, the internet to streets. Like, yeah. I remember going, I remember being at Morgan, going outside, and you were here. Here, yeah. You were here, that shit. October, yeah. November, yep. when it came out on October, Halloween night, that yep. whole weekend, you were yep. here, that shit. Like, you would, peso, but the whole campus. You would go to parties and people would talk about the album. That's how mm-hmm. fucking good it was. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, like, people would sit down. Like you, you know, I, you would even have women jumping on the conversation and be like, yo, I like this song. I like this song, which was so different because it was like, oh, shit, you hopping in on this shit. Like yeah. it was it was an album that brought a new generation of listeners together because of not only the aesthetic that the album brought itself, but the way that it was crafted was such high quality, even from this. This this lineup of 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 producers you never heard about the way that everything was brought together and then to lead it off with the tour that he had and the energy he brought to the tour him and ASAP Mob it was just mm-hmm. it was just a really good run that he that him and ASAP Mob took advantage of at the time and you see yeah, now that it was starting to crumble yeah I agree it was a great moment um I think um. One of the other things that I, that pisses me off with like the the trajectory of this album, like the impact of it. The impact is set in stone. Like they was the first big guys. After this one label started like trying to pick up anybody, see who's the next ASAP Rocky, who's the next ASAP Mob. Yeah. The Houston sample and picked up. You heard more people getting their shit chopped and screwed all of a yeah. sudden. You yeah. will see people not even from people were sampling in that shit more they was experimenting with that shit more i remember like artists blend shit with fashion yeah you like like there weren't any internet guys doing the fashion shit in 2011 if i I could be wrong i'm talking but there was like some guys who was connected so like curtains and shit like that but there was no guy who you never heard of blow up and then they in the fashion shit at the high level i could be wrong if you if, if a listener knows I'm wrong, please so add us good, and let us know. This is a good conversation to have because I feel like at the time that we were that you and I were like 
listening to these different artists, I think that was the earliest time. So, like, when you look at Wiz Khalifa, of course he's not one of the earliest ones. He began to adopt to it as he became much more famous. But, you know, the reason why he called Taylor Gang Taylor Gang is because of Chuck Taylor. You know what I'm saying? $30, right? You look at Big Crit, even though Big Crit rocks Jordans and shit like that, that's always been something that's been very popular. But when it comes to, like, the the the, the early 2010s, the, the, that time was dedicated to, like, athletic wear. Even at that time, and also, like, the early streetwear boom, the Crooks and Castles, the Diamond Supply, the, the, early, the early different brands that, like, were technically exclusive before they started showing up at Zoomies and shit. Like, like, a lot of that shit was, like, the early boom of it. So, at the time when ASAP Rocky came in, they were even fucking with Black Scale. And ASAP Rocky kind of moved on from Black Scale to kind of continue his different ventures. But... Like at the time that they started merging with fashion, it was still early on in the streetwear scene. And as they continued to drop music and do different fashion shoots and things like that, they were like one of the first artists to perfectly blend high fashion streetwear and rap all together. Even though, like I said, the music didn't technically play out the way that they necessarily want to. Like you don't, you're not going to see any ASAP albums get nominated for a Grammy. I might be wrong with that but i know testing didn't get nominated and i'm pretty sure the closest thing would be uh the last one long last asap and that's mainly due to yams passing away and like this being one of asap's most open projects but other than that like they they had a huge influence on fashion especially in the 2010s because that was the that was the the, the bridge between rap and streetwear and actual companies starting to merge as like we began to have different tastes for fashion. Cause at the time yeah. we started wearing baggy shit. And then like that 2009, 2010, 2011, that was the whole swag scene. So you started seeing people wear more t-shirts with like, like fitteds and shit like that. And Jordans, that's when sneaker culture on the internet started to grow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a whole boom of a generation. I, I think they solidified that. I think I think Ye and Jay started that though, but like they had deals with like Reebok, they had major deals and shit like that. And even the, like I'm not going to discredit like Fubu and like um, Carl Kanai and things of that matter. I'm just saying for like the modern era, because now you're starting to have independent streetwear cultures, and because Instagram is so big, now everybody wants to be an ambassador. And you got these different companies who want to make streetwear have different design and people kind of rock their shit. But you didn't see that shit like even in the 22,000s. You didn't see like a normal person like take a photo of yourself of the shit that they got. Most of the time it was like, oh, what kind of shit you got on? And it's like, all right, bang, I got it from here. You know what I'm saying? But like, I think. I don't know, yo. For real? We, we, I don't we, know, yeah. Tell, tell me your opinion. Tell me, tell me, tell me your opinion. I don't opinion. know. Because I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, I'm thinking about, like, when Jay-Z said that, uh, and that uh, run this town, like, Mason uh, Mar- and Margella. And I'm, that was, like, what, 07? Yeah. He was talking about then. And then I'm thinking about, like, Lupe on uh, the cool gold watch. And he's talking about Goyard and all of this shit. That I started Googling after I heard, like, yo, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. And I think... ASAP was the first blog era guy 
to embrace high fashion. Because yeah. before then, it was like a bunch of broke college niggas and high school niggas who didn't have no money. Um, so he was the first guy to be like, nah, my nigga, we, we out here hitting the swaps and shit like that, trying to get some good shit. Um, but let's wrap it up, though, yo. Yeah, yeah, this was a long one. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the album was appropriately, is appropriately appreciated. I feel like the album gets the praise that it's due. Um, I think hopefully in time people go back on it and appreciate all the cool shit that it helped like reintroduce to rap. And um, it was the perfect time on the internet for this album. Um, I don't know if ASAP will ever top it, unfortunately, but it was definitely a great fucking moment in hip hop. Great moment. One of the best performances I've been to. Yeah. Easy. I remember I saw Our Future. I saw Our Future when it was early out, bruh. Woo! I remember those. I went to two of them. We, oh, actually, because she just liked me, shout out to uh, Christina, because she will also go with me to these Tyler, the creator concerts, and we rock the fuck out. Also, shout out to Malika, because she literally got crowd surfed, and then somebody kicked her face, and then she, like, kind of fell into the audience. Oh, Malika? Yes, Malika, Malika. She the crowd surf there. Okay, so we were at we were at Sonar, right? I remember this shit like it was yesterday. Sonar, wow. Yes, we were at Sonar. It was Sid DJing, and that motherfucker was hurt. Like that shit was crazy. Everybody was rocking to the shit she had, and then we saw Malika get carried up by the crowd, and she was crowd surfing, right? She was like, "Oh shit, yeah, Malika, yeah." Next thing you know, you see somebody's foot just like kick her face. And then she her face falls downwards. And then we start freaking out, like, oh shit, but like no. And then she got up and she's like, I'm fine. I was like, oh yes. All right. And then we just turned up that night. Yeah, shout out to Malika, yeah. man. She she didn't she didn't get down in those mosh pits, man. I missed the bottom of my show. I had to drive to DC for theirs. Oh man, it was a 9.30 club destroying the shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, any final thoughts about the album before we wrap this shit up? Once again, man, take the time to listen to the past in order for us to understand the future. I think this album yeah. was something that was another album that kind of solidified that. So like, I'm okay, I guess I'm gonna keep saying that shit as we do more dope ass gems like this and not when we shit on the album because that's coming soon. <laughs> we gotta find one to shit on. We gotta yeah, find yeah. one. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe, share, go yeah. back and listen to the fucking album. Yes. Hope you Five enjoy stars. and have fun. Five the whole point of this is for people can go back and enjoy some shit they're not listening to. Yes. So listen to the same five fucking songs. Throw some shit in there to switch it up, yo. Say that shit. Peace. Peace.